Welcome to Mastermind, the show where you learn to develop and master your skill from the best of the best. Yes, your host, Mr. G. Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. All right, guys, quick story here. So I'm in my second year at college and my roommate is black male, British accent, trying to figure out where is this guy from? So we talk briefly, you know, it's kind of late, end up going to bed. And while I'm sleeping, like I'm hearing these weird sounds. So I wake up and I see this guy painting. It's like three in the morning. He's like brushing up and down, side to side. And I'm looking at the canvas. I can't even recognize like what, what it is, what he's doing. Um, and I'm like scratching my head trying to figure this out. So come to find out, this was abstract art. Uh, so later on, I learned that there was actually some format to all this. It wasn't just like craziness and chaos. So Sarah actually taught me that and kind of gave me a firsthand education in the arts. So we flash forward to today and Osiris art has pretty much been covered everywhere. He's been on Newsday, Daily News, CBS, Fox News, The New York Times, the Financial Times in London. Uh, he's conducted art shows in NYC and London. And he's also been recognized in Exit, which is a magazine in Spain amongst the best photographers in the world. So not only does he do art, but we're talking about the best photographers in the world. And to back all that up, he has a degree at the Royal College of Art in London, which is only ranked number one art school in the world. So I'm gonna repeat that. Royal College of Art in London, number one ranked art school in the world. But luckily now we got Osarin back with us in New York, teaching at Postos Community College. Now I can go on and on, but I'm gonna stop right here so we can dive into this conversation. Osarin, how you doing today, man? How you doing, G? I'm good, man, I'm good, I'm good. But we're blessed to have you, man. And, you know, I'm thinking about everything with the, with the introduction to you, man. It's funny because we never even talk about any of this. Like, like a lot of this, you know, is kind of new to me looking at, you know, all these things that you've been on and all, everything. Like when we talk, we're always talking about life. We're always talking about philosophy, psychology, or just random things, man. We, we never talk about like really your art per se. So it's kind of weird actually to be to be over here interviewing you about your art. And it's probably going to be one of our first conversations is just about the work that you do, man. It's crazy. And we've known each other yeah. for more than 10 years. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, <clears throat> it's been such a, it, it's quite a self-discovery, isn't it? Um, at least for me. You know, it's something that I, I feel like um, it's, it's very personal. So the idea of really talking much about it doesn't seem to appeal to me. You know, but... Um, just hearing your introductions actually made me chuckle a bit, you know, actually also made me realize how far, you know, I've actually come, to be honest, you know, sometimes I forget this thing, 
you know, um, the dedication and, um, you know, just made me realize um, how crazy I must have, I must have been to you <laughs> since, especially since we were like roommates and you were getting to know me at the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. It was, it was, it was interesting, man. Interesting. Black male, British accent, abstract artist. I'm like, what? <laughs> this stuff doesn't even go to <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of yeah. funny because I remember actually it was a time you were like, um, I bet you can't even paint me. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> and maybe, you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, this guy's that? not real, man. Like, exactly. You know, <laughs> this is like, yeah. just, you just making this up, man. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what you said. I remember just dying. I was like, oh, God. Um, you know, and I, if anything at all, actually, I actually made a, a, a painting that was literally dedicated to us as roommates. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was, I think that was I, dope, I think I, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I still got to get that painting, too, man. Well, I, I you still, were saying that you to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, definitely fun times. For sure. All right, let's dive into this, man. So, you know, give give us a little background history about, you know, yourself, other than what I mentioned, but just diving into how you got started and all this and where it all came from. Uh, yeah, um, you really, you know, you did mention it, um, a few things that actually I even don't remember actually <laughs> accomplishing some of those things. It's funny. Uh, but it literally started from a very humble, you know, um, beginning, you know, uh, from the South Bronx, literally. Uh, it all started in the community college and uh, where I was required to take painting as an elective. And um, I remember getting into that class and saying to myself, what is this stuff? You know, I couldn't imagine that one would have a career making painting as an adult. Uh, I mean, for me, at least felt like something you do as a kid. Mm. And um, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, we all dress kids. So I couldn't imagine, you know, an adult taking part in, um, self create uh, in such creative uh, venture you know but literally that's how i got into it um from the professor at the time was ian ian later became um, he's a scottish professor uh scottish art artist who later became a good friend of mine and also played a you know he did a bit of a mentorship you know we would just go out to chelsea in, in manhattan just you know he would take me along with him just looking at shows and seeing, you know, art from all over the world. But yeah, that's how I kind of started. That, that is an interesting thing that you mentioned too. Like just starting in like college, like just finding out your passion in college. So it's, it's interesting because a lot of people think that you kind of have to start in high school or middle school and figuring things out. So by the time you get to college, you got like life all planned out and everything, but for you, it was just completely opposite. Like you were just going through it, and in college, you kind of found that found out what was going on with you, man, and you found yeah. your passion. This is true, actually. Uh, for me, you know, to be honest, I think I think I got into the art almost out of necessity, you mm. know. So I was, in, you know, it was felt like I was in the in the normal trajectory to, you know, you go to college to become some kind of professional, right? Right. The ultimate goal is to get a nine to five, you know, pay the bills. And I guess you do that. So you die or something, um, <laughs> you know, but really you know, sounding but, like an artist right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, 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 but the art for me felt like a necessity, you know, when things were tough in my life, my personal life, mm-hmm. as we all go through, it felt like the art was there. It was the one place I could go to, to kind of right. relieve myself from, 
the tension of just, you know, of just trying to figure things out. So, you know, so it initially started out of necessity, right? As a, as a way for me, as an, almost as an outlet, right? And from there, it actually, it grew into something I, I knew I had to do. You know, it grew into something I knew um, I had to pursue, you know, professionally. And uh, here we are, you know, I mean, after what, 10 years or so? Uh, <laughs> That's an amazing and story. Yeah. Um, it's funny too, people listening that know your art, they're probably like, wow, this guy's been only doing this for 10 years, like since college, like that's, <laughs> I know that would, that would throw me off. Like, I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> it's funny, man. But just diving into your background too, like uh black male, British accent can be from anywhere. So where, where, what, what location What's going on with that, you know, that history? What is your background? Yeah, I always, I, I, I find that to be quite, um, how do you say it? I always chuckle when I hear that um, when it comes to my accent. I've always had an accent, um, you know, and and I'm actually glad because I know a lot of people find it to be quite phony. Um, they're like, oh, why do you sound like that? You know, you should sound like the typical, you know, like I thought you said you are Nigerian, you know, and, and things <laughs> of that nature, you know, but, but for me, it's, you know, the same way I've tried to figure out who I am, almost the same way I've almost felt like I've had to craft or, you know, the person I am today, you know, it's like, I remember coming to America and trying, trying to sound as American as possible, you know, the American accent with the soft T's <laughs> and find it almost impossible to say and, and, to, and to be this way, you know, and I had to literally, um, revert back to the things I, that felt natural to me. And this, this includes, you know, obviously Nigeria and all the way people sounded in TV, on TV and, um, you know, the education and the colonial history of um, how the country came together, you know, thanks to the British. So, I mean, again, these things were all happening uh, subconsciously for me. But, you know, having been an immigrant and moving to a different country, the formation of oneself, you mm-hmm. know, I've come to realize that uh, there's a thing called it, almost the transatlantic um, accent. You know, it's like people who've moved from like you know one part of the world to the other, you know, somehow forced to have some a variety of how you say things. And I just yeah. happen to have, you know, um, for mine. So yeah, yeah, that that is interesting, man. <laughs> so like, like you know, with with your family, like how. How did they respond when you're like, I want to be an artist, especially Nigerian family, you know? Like, Dude, exactly. Like? You know, what, 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 to be honest, they, I, I, I don't actually remember actually telling them that I ever wanted to be an artist. You know, hmm. so as, as you may know, um, so in undergrad, my major was computer science. You know this, right? Right, right, so right. Information system, yeah. You know, and that was the goal. You know, it's like the goal was to, you know, come out of, you know, um, college and get it, get into like information technology. Mm-hmm. And, um, but again, I, I was able to pursue something outside art, right? So after, immediately after college. So I had a job for the city of New York where I worked um, in a hospital. Um, and I did that for years, you know, I did that for almost seven years, you know, but again, whenever things would get tough, you know, if it's the recession, uh, if it's if personal, um, personal challenges you know it's like the art was the one place I could literally go to mm. and you know it was the one place I could um, 
put out emotions, you know, like raw emotions, you know, it was like, I don't want to make it sound like art was therapy in a sense, but it did, there was something quite therapeutic about, about, you know, about making of any sort, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and sure. it, yeah, you know, and it definitely played, played that role, you know, so for my parents, you know, it's like I had a job and they were like, oh, great. This, oh, you seem, you know, you seem to have grown up to be a responsible, <laughs> responsible being, you know, but there was this urge, you know, I was often, you know, be in my space, making art, even sometimes in my bedroom. And I did this for years, you know, making paintings in my bedroom, like on my bed, you know, <laughs> out of necessity. It was nuts. You know, I remember having girlfriends and, you know, and would come in and they would be on my bed and I'll be making paintings. It was, that's how much of a, uh, of a passion that was for me, mm-hmm. you know, then I think I realized when, again, things get difficult personally, you know, relationship, some of my, I think I was in a relationship at the time and it ended and I felt like, okay, great. This is a perfect time for me to actually pursue these things that I've, that I've placed on a back burner for like for years now. Right. It was, it, I was almost turning 30 and I, and I figured it's either now or never. So, um, you know, Speaking of actually, prior to that, you know, I think uh, a few years before I did apply to Yale, because mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, you would think of all school, why Yale, right? You know, but uh, there was a time I saw Richard Serra. Richard Serra is this American sculptor, um, big, big artist. I remember seeing an interview of his um, he had with Charlie Rose. And um, in that interview, Serra apparently said he had, he's got, he had an undergrad in literature hmm. and he he said you know and i said in literature i was like oh wow and he applied to yale with a few drawings and got in with an undergrad in literature and that just kind of blew my mind i was like so it's possible because i've got an undergrad in computer science i was like I no way <laughs> so i guess it's possible if, if exactly if if sarah could do it I could as well do it. So I applied mm-hmm. to Yale. And actually what I did at the time was Yale or bust. So it was just Yale or nothing. <laughs> and surprisingly, I actually got the interview. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I, I didn't make it in, you know, they didn't accept me, but I remember going that's, to like, that's, New that's Haven. That's nothing to be ashamed of too. My work. That's nothing to be ashamed of too, because Yale's acceptance rate is, pfft. you know, I don't know what it is, but I know it's definitely it's, under 10%. Exactly. It's <laughs> under 10%. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and for me, I was just like, whoa, you know, I couldn't believe it, you know, driving there at the time with, with my ex-girlfriend and, you know, with my work. And I made this small heads, you know, they were, like, they were like quite small. And I remember being there, being interviewed and they were looking at the work. They could imagine who made the work. Like, I guess they were expecting something, I don't know, stereotypical, you know. And I remember the question being a little demeaning because it felt like, who is this kid? Uh, who's got no art background, you know, no Ivy League background of mm. any sort. And how dare he felt like, how dare he come here, you know? And, and you know, they were trying to figure out the references on, or how I would be able to make such an art. You know, it yeah. wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the art was, um, you know, it's, it's quite small. Again, these were quite small paintings, but somehow I guess they were, felt like they were sophisticated enough, I guess, to at least um, have them interview me. So, so um, basically they yeah, were not you know, expecting a black male, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely the way to put it. That's another great way to put it. They were not literally expecting a black male to show up or something. Or, or if they are, 
they just couldn't or they wanted to see it <laughs> you know um in in real time i guess or mm-hmm. in person you know but um that interview you know kind of it felt true because I, I didn't i didn't make it and then i remember saying to myself uh, i didn't make the cut i remember saying to myself that if I'm able to get here, you know, on one try, it means I must be doing something right. Mm. So I figured, you know what? Hell with grad school. I'm going to keep the day job and just keep painting as I've been. And uh, fast forward, I think uh, a few years later, mm-hmm. three or so years to be exact later, you know, I uh, was going through another difficult time in, in my personal life. And I felt like, okay, this is, this, this is, um, this must be the right time because I've I felt like also that I've tried to develop myself right mm-hmm. um, in my bedroom on my own and felt like I've exhausted all the ways I could push myself and I it felt like I needed someone else to to you know some some other inputs of of some sort to guide yeah. me in a sense so and I said to myself you know what um, again. Uh, you know, I said, if I am going to study art, it doesn't make any sense at all if I choose some um, no-name college. Of, mm. you know, I felt like if I am going to do this, I might as well just shoot for the highest possible um, universities or art school. That makes sense. And that's, and that's what I kind of did, you know. Um, I, I can remember being at my day job I, I came in early, you know, um, searching top art schools in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I think it was a Yahoo search engine. I, and I keep saying it feels like a joke, but I felt like if I had, you know, searched that on Google, America, just American schools would show up. <laughs> it, 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 I never even thought about you know it. What? Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I felt like just American schools would show up and it would probably be all the Ivy Leagues. But I somehow, because I guess because it was a, um, it was a job computer, so and um, so and it was Yahoo search engine. So when I looked up top art schools in the world, surprisingly, the Royal College of Art came out. Mm. And this may sound naive currently, um, but I really didn't know of the Royal College of Art. Mm. You know, I mean, in retrospect, I knew artists that went there. But at the time I was applying, I was just like, oh, great. Okay, this is, a, this is a good school. And I look actually at the admission. It was free to actually apply. The application, there was no application fees at all really? compared to all the American schools. The best yeah. art school in the world has no application fees. Application fees, exactly. Wow. That's you know, and, I, and, I, and I thought, uh, I mean, that was, uh, if anything at all, that, that left, that was a good impression. I mean, you know, it still happened to be quite an expensive institution, but that was a good invitation for me to say, look, I don't have to actually, you know, come up with money to apply, which mm. I think should be standard for actually all high, you know, um, institutions, right? Especially Absolutely. if they want, they want um, kids from not well-to-do, from a not well-to-do background, right? right. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's what I ended up doing. So I applied to actually, I think it was almost four top schools in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get into two, you know, um, I also applied to Yale, but never got in this time around. <laughs> and uh, a good friend of mine actually got in, Taj. And I remember, I remember seeing his acceptance. Um, he posted on, 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 on Facebook at the time. I was like, oh, my God, Taj stole my dream. <laughs> <laughs> 
I remember screaming. I was like, oh my God, it felt like Todd stole my dream. And, um, and at the time I had no idea, you know, if I would get into any art school because I hadn't, hadn't got my results or anything like this. And um, yeah, you know, in a few, a few weeks later, I, the results start to come, you know, they all start to come in. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day before my birthday, I got accepted into Parsons. It wasn't supposed to be a Parsons school, mm-hmm. um, school of art and design or so. Um, it's in New York here. And then on my birthday, the next day, I, I realized I got into Royal College of Art. I couldn't believe it. On your birthday, you, know? so you found it. On my birthday. So it was like a, nice. a birthday present. Yeah, that's so nice. So I, 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 I kept thinking if they knew about this, you know, but whoever, whoever accepted me on, on my birthday, um, I really want to thank them because it was one of the best birthday um, presents that ever. Amazing, man. That's yeah. amazing. I've, I've never heard that, that one before, man. That's <laughs> good, man. And it's, it's so inspiring, man, because a lot of times we have like, you know, when we're applying to colleges and things like that, we have our number one, you know, it could be an Ivy League or whatever type of school. And if the number one doesn't take us, it's like, it's like a self-esteem, you know, <laughs> explosion. Yes. And we just feel terrible about it, man. But I'm glad like you didn't allow that to really affect you on a, you know, personal level and on a level where you couldn't do anything else. Like you were pretty resilient and applied to an even better school, which is like <laughs> it's wild to think about because a lot of people are yeah. deflated, man. They're like, all right, let me let me go to a less known school since this school here denied me, right? But I think it's amazing that you're like, you know what? Let me go all the way here and go to something even better than the one that denied me. That's crazy. <laughs> well, it's it's actually. It- in retrospect, you know, you don't think about these things, to be honest. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and tell you, like, hey, I knew I was going to get in and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just felt like it was either now or never. Right. You know, and, and I guess, and I guess, I don't know how to put this um, without sounding too you know, without sounding a bit arrogant or anything like this, you know, but I, I often felt like if I'm going to go for it, why not go for the best? You know, I, mm. you know, it's hard for me to really um, explain this. Um, you know, but I felt like I could learn from the so-called best institutions, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that, you know, that Yale, you know, gave me an opportunity at least gave me that interviewed me made me realize that why not why not push for something better you know why settle and that's you know that's what i kind of did yeah Yeah, that's amazing man i'm and i'm glad you did it man i'm glad you did it uh with the art now you know listeners that are listening that are not familiar with art uh probably me 10 years ago have no idea what abstract art is that's why abstract art is our word of the day so, oh, can you tell us what abstract art is? Can you just explain it to the basic person that doesn't understand art at all or is not familiar with, you know, these art forms? Well, um, so, so there are different genres of art, right? As we all know, mm-hmm. um, just the same way in music, different genres, right? Um, there's rock, there's hip hop, you know, there's jazz, mm-hmm. right? you've got R&B. Same thing kind of applies to um 
the genre of fine art, you know, there's paintings, um, there's also the sculptor, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, there are sculptors and there's sculpture, I should say, mm-hmm. rather, um, and there's printmaking. So right. in painting, there's a sub-genre that, you know, a few artists are, are interested in. You know, abstract art happens to be a subgenre in painting. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I've dabbled in all the subgenres actually. You know, as you mentioned, in college, I did, you know, I did play with a bit of abstraction. You know, abstraction is literally when you make work that is non-figuration, non-figurative, I should say. You know, when you make work that has nothing to do with representational per se. But you know, uh, the the more you get deep into the arts, the more you kind of realize that even in abstraction, people figured, people often would say there's a sense of a person in it. There's a sense of figuration in abstraction. Right. Every art is a self-portrait. So right. that's, you know. And, and so oh, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna break that down just for the middle school, high school kid, like figuration, what, what is this guy talking about? Oh, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> so basically what you're saying is that you know, it's not like there's no solid figures on the canvas. You can't really recognize. There's no, there's no people, literally. Right. I guess. Right. Put it on, yeah. Right. Put, break it. And people kind of make sense out of it. Like in their brain, it's kind of like what they see from whatever. Like the shapes, you know, colors, it feels and like shapes, and colors, shapes, exactly. Space, the texture, the space, everything. Texture. You kind of yes. make sense of. You kind of make sense of it on your own, right? So abstract art is not. You know, you don't see a person there or buildings or trees necessarily. You can see those things, but they might not be, you know, in a exact form like you would see it in a picture. Exactly. Just explain that for the, for the young ones out there. Yes. You know. Yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's um, interesting. So do you enjoy any other uh, forms outside of photography, of course, but do you enjoy any other forms of art outside of abstract art? Well, well, now I, you know, it's it's um, so the work has really evolved. Actually, you know, I've I've gone from abstraction to figuration to abstraction to figuration. I keep it feels like I keep going back and forth. And if, one of the things about what I currently do or been able to do is not being bounded by rules. Really, you know, um, I've got friends who, who who spent a lot of years in art school, in undergrad, and. Um, and also in grad school, so they've been all confined. You know, they've been taught. So they've been. I don't use the word brainwashed. You know, but they've been. They've been conditioned actually to, you know, to to, to make art in a particular way, mm. or to stick to a certain genre of art. But for right. me, I literally feel like, luckily, I don't have that condition. You know, I tend to make the work intuitively um, and to be able to literally express myself as I see fit. Um, So I've, again, moved between genres, uh, subgenres and between movements, you know, and yeah, that's where I am now. Okay. Okay. Um, I know we mentioned that, you know, you had a, you had a day job while you're developing your art and doing all this kind of stuff. And I always hear about the starving artist, you know, that artist that's like going for broken, you know, at home, just painting <laughs> pictures, everything. 
and putting their all into that. So do you think as an artist, you know, is it better to, to focus 100% your attention on that art and let's say not have a nine to five or not have another career? Or do you think it's, it's better just to have another career as a backup plan or just, you know, support them financially or whatever the case may be? No, I mean, I mean first of all, the truth of the matter is you've got to be responsible for your financial well-being, right? So mm-hmm. you've got to be able to take care of yourself. That's to begin with. And whatever you could, whatever, whatever you could fit outside, you know, your nine to five or outside your regular job is where, you know, is where the passion comes in, you know? So first of all, you have to survive, you know, and anything after that is literally how you're able to deal with it. You know, people have different ways of, of doing this. Some people go to school in the, in the daytime, right and on, mm-hmm. the, on on the weekends um they go to work in the evening during the weekdays they make they make your art so it's so you find different ways that you see fit you know like like you've mentioned during the introduction you know of me painting at three thirty, <laughs> you know um in the morning it's i still i still i still do that even, even when i had um even when i had the day job so I would. So I had a nine to five for almost eight years, and I would still find time. I would wake up very, you know, I would I would wake up early, um, make paintings, and sometimes stay up until it's time for me to go to work, come back, yeah. sleep a bit, and you know, you just it's a passion. Went to the passion, you know, you just can't help but just, you know, do it whenever you see. Whenever there's a, uh, whenever you've got a, a time or uh, whenever you've got a chance to, you know. So I would do this even when I had a, when I had a day job or my lunch break, I would make art. <laughs> so so if, so there's a series of mine titled South Bronx Special that I yeah, made yeah. on yeah. my lunch break. Uh huh. Wow. Okay. I didn't even so, know. That. So that was made on my lunch break. So on my <laughs> lunch break in the South Bronx. Um, I'll go out, hopefully out of the office, and hit the streets, and make photographs. Mm. I did this for years. That's interesting. You no, know, so that's yeah, that's that's you know, again, if it's a passion, you find a way to yeah, you, you know, you figure find a way out to, that to, time because you know a lot of people say, yeah, well, I don't that time. have time to do that, you know, in the day or whatever it is. But like yeah. you just said, man, like when you have a passion or something you really care about, you find a time. You make you make time for it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a great point, man. Absolutely. And you just touched on photography. Like, when did you even start to dabble in that? Like, did it happen at the same time that you were realizing your passion for art? Yeah, for painting? Um, yeah. Um, so, so the painting was initially what I got into. Then photography came later on. And it's, it's quite amazing for me because I remember I used to look at photography or look at, you know, and never really been a fan of it. I used to really dislike, and again, you find yourself, you find, you know, it's almost like a particular artist you, you know, you, you remember not liking, then you grow up to actually like that artist. So it felt, it, it was almost like quite similar. It felt like the same, same thing happened to me with, with photography. So initially I hated all the photography, all the photographs I would see and photography that I was coming across, you know, until 
I went to a show at the Schoenberg Center. So the Schoenberg Center is in Harlem. It's the Center for Black Archive and Black um, Historical Documents and things of this nature. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So they had a, they, they had a, a, a Golden Park exhibition. So Golden Park is this American, African-American photographer, mm-hmm. um, filmmaker. He's also, um, he's also a poet. He's, um, he's a director. He directed Shaft, which a lot of people really? seem to know. Yes, the original Shaft. Um, and uh, he also a musician. So this guy literally was a Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, and he was also um, what you call an artist who could not be pigeonholed. Mm. Uh, so I remember coming, anyway, I remember coming across his photography at the Schomburg Center and mm-hmm. was blown away by the kind of photograph he was making or he made, you know. Um, it was, docu- it felt like documentary type of photographs, felt like real life happening and someone's capturing it. And prior to this, I was, you know, I would see a few, you know, documentary shots and nothing really seemed to really captivated or captured my attention until I came across Gunnar Park's work. And also digging deep into his life and learning about him and learn about all his accomplishments. You know, he he was a photographer or an artist, I should say rather, that was never, that never allowed himself to be pigeonholed. So I guess um, for the younger listeners, you should look up Gordon Parks. Um, that's Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N, Parks, P-A-R-K-S. Yeah, I'm going to look him up myself because I actually don't know who he is. I mean, other than Shaf. Um, yeah. I don't know who he is. I'm going to look him up. Yeah, he's an incredible photographer. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, did he did he use black and white in in um his photography? Because I noticed with with your photography, it is mostly in black and white. So I was kind of wondering yes. where where that yes. came from. Yeah, it's gonna park. Uh, he also shot color, but mm-hmm. uh, um, he shot a lot of black and white. And if you look if you look at his work, you can see. I mean, I don't have any qualms at all about sharing my inspirations. You know. Um, you know, I don't think we all, we, you have to, you know, we, there's no shame at all in um, seeking the guidance of some of the greats that have come before you. Sure. Also, people have also laid the foundation for you to be able to also mm-hmm. know, express yourself as a Black artist or as an artist in general. So parts really played that role for me. Mm-hmm. Um, despite having a mentor, Ian, who was, you know, not to make this, Turn this into make this into a racial thing, but Ian was a was was a white um, painter from Scotland, you know. But when I did discover Gordon Parks and his range and how um, gifted he was, you know, it made me realize that I could I should not limit myself and mm-hmm. that I could I could do anything, and I believe we we could do anything we set our minds to. Parks was able to make me realize this. Yeah, that's for sure, man. For sure, just the importance of also too, like having another black male doing the same thing that you were interested in doing, like the power of that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you know, this, this dude, literally, he did it all, um, Mr. G. 
he did it all, you know, Gordon Park, um, you know, there's a great documentary on, uh, on his life um, that you can find on YouTube also. I think it's called Half Past Autumn. So you, you guys can look that up. I, I guarantee you it would change your life. You know, <laughs> I get, it's, a, it's a guarantee. It will change your life. All right, you it's guys are half, half past, past autumn, right? That's what you said? Yes, half past check autumn. Out. Check it out. Life of Gordon Parks, yes. Yeah, I'm going to check that out, man, for sure. So with photography, man, um, if you look at some of your pieces on online on your website, Osaritan, was it Osaritan.com? Yeah, Osaritan.com. On your website, you can kind of see that you did stuff in Paris. Uh, you did stuff in London, obviously, in NYC. So you've been kind of, you know, around a little bit. Uh, what What is that like, you know, traveling to different places and capturing just normal everyday people? Because I know you like to analyze people and all that, man. So like, <laughs> places that you've been, like, doing this work, like, what are some things that you've noticed just about people? Yeah. Um, so, so just... You know, I think people are people wherever you go. That's something, that's the first thing you realize, actually. Mm. Uh, but th- there's a slight cultural differences in, in, in places, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think ultimately, uh, people are people, you know, uh, but it's just a slight variation in culture. Um, so the fact that I've come from Lagos, Nigeria, mm-hmm. which is a major city, I find myself quite um, somehow connected to cities. You know, I feel like the urban landscape has been, the urban setting, which is the urban, you know, environment has been something I find myself, um, find that I've somehow been a part of, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm talking about, you know, in different countries now, mm-hmm. um, Lagos, Nigeria, you know, we're talking about New York City, even London and, um, some other cities in America, you know. So whenever I'm in a different city, I I still somehow approach, this is, I think this is the first time I got me to really think about my process. I like to approach, I like to approach my photography strictly as, um, on the first, you know, it's almost on a first time basis. And what I mean by that is the magic of visiting a place for the first time mm-hmm. and making use of that initial experience, right? Of documenting that initial experience. So an example of this would be you go to Paris. The very first time you go to Paris, first time I'm going to any major city, I go with my camera and I would bring out the camera and make photograph that very first, like the first reaction I'm, I'm getting to like, you know, to the city, I'm, you know, the first reaction I'm seeing of people reacting to me, my first impression of the cities, mm-hmm. you know, so these are things I would just, I would, I would just try to record and document, you know, mm-hmm. with my, with my, um, with my camera. And um, I remember being in China and, it, <laughs> you know, and, and that's kind of like the beauty because sometimes people feel like, you know, you know, I guess, some artists feel they're more comfortable with their own race. But mm-hmm. because I've been a city boy all my life, and I mean from Lagos, Nigeria, which is as diverse, even for black people, mm-hmm. it's one of the most diverse black place in the planet. 
mm. um, you know, and, you know, and also moving from that to New York City, which is extremely diverse also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. you know, with that, I often find that to be uh, an advantage, you know, because you're used to, like, you could literally go to any neighborhood and meet different people from, you know, from the rest of the world in New York City, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you know, it's like the rest of the world just felt like, they, they felt quite familiar to me. You know, I wasn't, I was, I never felt intimidated at all to, to be in China. Or, yeah. you know, let's, let's say if I'm in Paris, there's nothing to be intimidated about, about these places. You know, because um, as a city dweller, you're used to just diversity in general. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And like you just said, man, people are people, man. Oh, they are at the end of the day, yeah. So, you know, one thing that I noticed with the uh, photography, I always thought about, like, when you're capturing people, you know, live and people on the streets or whatever, do you need, like, permission from them? Like, is there a special license you need to do that? And when you do do it, like, can they come back and say, you know, this was my photo, I didn't give you permission, or you need to pay me, or can this be a lawsuit? Like, what? how does that work? (laughs) Uh, well, if, if it's in the public domain, you know, I mean, if it's in the public setting, um, they can't, you know, they can't sue you. Um, so, you know, but if you do point your camera to someone's, you know, personal private um, space, you know, into like someone's living room or something or kitchen or bedroom, then obviously, you know, you're violating someone's privacy. Mm. Uh, but once you are on the public street, you know, it's literally, it's the public street. Um, you know, um, you're not really necessarily entitled to privacy. At wow. least, you know, yeah. I never so in major I, cities, yes. Uh, in major cities, that. yeah. So in major, it's, it's part of the reason why there are cameras on the buses. Don't you remember, don't you, don't you realize there are cameras on buses? That's true. You know, constant recording. Um, <laughs> you know, before you, before you get to a platform, there's a, your, your cameras. Before you get to subways, uh, I meant um, before you go on the ground, your cameras there. You know, uh, even on public street, your cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so once, as long as it's in the public, um, I mean, chances are you you, you, do, you do. If I'm not mistaken, there's a saying about you. You do get recorded. You know, um, almost. You know, um, each time you step out of your house, there's a huge chance. You know, you're on some some kind of. Uh, you know, recorded of some sort, you know, the moment you step out of your house. So but now you're going to make everybody paranoid. <laughs> well, well, it is. I mean, that's, that's how that's it's so true, though. That's yeah. so true. Uh, yeah. It's like something we don't even think about. Think about exactly. So, crazy. you know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's interesting, man. I didn't know that at all, man. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. But it's, but in, in Paris, uh, in Paris, I think the law is a bit different. Um, you know, I think in Paris, I think I think you probably need permission on the streets. I'm not 100 percent sure how that goes, but in New York City and London, um, you know, yeah, as long as it's it's in public, you're you're fine. Um, you know, but again, with these things, I often, you know, it's like it's not like I'm trying to make anyone look terrible. You know, it's literally it's it's it's, it's not. It's just capturing and, um, life, yeah. Just trying to cap, yeah, just a slice of you know of life, and you know, I have no. You know, no malice to us, you know, or any ill intention to us people, to be honest, you know. Um, mm-hmm. you know. I remember I used to say, I don't consider myself to be quite 
as a saying, I used to think I, I'm not a very curious person. You know, it's like, if I do have a conversation with you, I don't care about talking about other people, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, but, but then I had a friend say, you are very curious, you know, I mean, your photographs seem like you're very, someone who's curious about things, but That's I don't, I, I never really, never seen it that way, but hey. Hmm. That's interesting. But um, yeah, man, going back to to some of your work, I never, I didn't even know that, um, you know, your work was used on the cover of a book. Yeah. yeah. And the book is called Stillborn. And I don't want to mess up the author's name. It is Nigerian. You know, you know his name, right? Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Stillborn. Yeah, it's, I think Dekoye. Okay. Uh, and um, as a matter of fact, let me not mess up his last name, which I'm going <laughs> to, I can tell you right away just now. Yeah, I think we're good um, with Dekoye. It's yeah. Like so, 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 yeah. So, yeah. They call it Oyeyinka, actually. Um, that's I would have never got that. Yeah, Oyeyinka. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a Nigerian um, author, actually. Super young, brilliant um, author. You should definitely check out his book. Um, a great guy. Go reach out yeah, to me. I will check um, it out. I, I, didn't yeah. even rec- I didn't even realize that yeah. you know, people were using he, he, your pieces yeah. for books, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it's to be honest, I it I felt honored, you know. Um, you know, he really liked the work, he really liked the painting, um, and when he reached out, I said, "Why not?" Uh, and you know, he's a young artist like myself. Why not support another um, another artist? You know, um, make it work. You know, yeah, for sure, so, man. And and that the painting on there is part of the he series, and I think it's he three or something like that on your yeah on your, uh, site. And that's probably one of my favorite paintings right now. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to embarrass you a little bit also. <laughs> Get ready for it. Because so, it brings back memories, man. Because we're, we're in college and you're in your last semester taking the, uh, you know, your, your computer programming course. Yes. Like before, before <laughs> you can just, you know, have these little shortcuts to programming. Like you had to put in everything, like every little key everything man and i remember it's just this class was just stressing you out and you know this guy's trying to finish you're, you're trying to finish your final and one day like you just gave up for the day and you just looked up and you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> so that was the painting man so i'm looking at that like yo i remember that day like this dude's on his computer trying to figure out the final <laughs> you were so frustrated that you like screaming into the ceiling Yes. Oh, <laughs> and, my God. Um, it, it, it's just a double meaning, too, man, because I'm looking at, at the, the painting, too, other than just seeing it live, like the real experience and seeing your struggles with the the uh, computer programming class, uh, just the experience of a black male, man, just that, that frustration you get, you feel in society sometimes, man, just having to release it. So that's another thing I get from it too, man. So it's like a double kind of meaning for me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so just on your own though, like your your own pieces, what what are you most proud of? Like, what do you look back on and be like, yo, I really can't believe I did that. It it really um, it. It changes over the years, you know. One, you know, one minute you're thinking I really like this piece, and next minute you're thinking, oh, that's not, 
it's no longer, you know, um, quite embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. And you could never, almost never, you know, they almost become like your children, literally. You know, it's <laughs> like, no, I don't know, your parent, I'm guessing, and, and no one really likes to, or if you're not, I don't know, but no one really likes to, you know, no one really likes to pick a favorite, you know, from the <laughs> kid. It's just, I mean, we all do have favorites, but many parents do have favorites, but, but I often wonder how it feels like, you know, when, you know, to be asked, um, if you have a favorite child or tell me your best, who's your best kid? Well, I'm going to answer that. I don't, I don't have a favorite child. I love both my children equally. Um, but that is interesting though, that you mentioned like your work being like your kids. Cause I always remember you talking about like, just feeling weird about selling your art. Like, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a strange thing, right? <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe you actually know, you know, because um, usually I don't actually, I'm going to say this on, on records. I usually don't give interviews, actually. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, so, I, you know, so this is <laughs> literally because, because you've been there from the very beginning. You've seen me in school. You've seen me, you know, um, from the get-go. So I, it doesn't actually, it doesn't feel like I'm having an interview. It feels like I'm actually, you know, you're bringing back lots of memories that I've even forgotten, right? Mm. Um, so... So for that reason, it's actually, I feel like you are, you know, you've really helped me so far in this, in this dialogue of ours, you know, to, you, you reminded me so much about how some of the work literally came about and the, the frustration that, you know, that I kind of went through that sometimes I forget, you know, sometimes we think these work just all, they all tend to come out out of just pure pleasure, but that's not usually the case, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's so um, true, man. That's so true. Um, yeah, man, that's interesting. So like, you know, diving into like, you know, a young person, like they go to an Osiratin art show and they check out all your work and they feel inspiring and they're like, yo, I really want to do this now. What advice would you give them? Like what steps should they take to kind of pursue something in art? Yeah. Um, you know, I remember there was a time again, also, I'm going to, um, pinpoint a moment in history where you sent me a message about one of your students or so. Mm. I think you sent me a text message and you go, oh, I have this student who wants to be an artist. What advice do you have for, for the student? And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I remember, and I remember my response to that. I said, tell him to quit right away. <laughs> I'm fapped. <laughs> I remember that. Except, you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I said to them to quit right away, except they're willing to give their life for it, you know, except they're willing to dedicate their life to their art. And mm. it's funny how I said that jokingly, you know, but come to realize that even I've had to literally put that advice into practice you know i'm actually thinking about it you you should quit right away except you're willing and i'm and I, i'm serious about this except you're willing to dedicate your life to it it comes a, a lot of dedication comes with a lot of you know and i'm not trying to scare anyone away from it but just to literally you know tell you the um hardcore truth about no, i think Ash. i think you're absolutely right man like and 
even like your everyday. Like, yes. You average what, like five, six hours a day in the studio? Yes. <laughs> you know, and you know, I, I'm, you know, I travel everywhere and I'm still constantly making art. You, you know, you constantly have to, almost like an athlete, you know, you'll mm-hmm. constantly have to keep at it. You, you know, there's certain skills you're trying to build and you have to constantly train for it, you know, and not to put it in those terms because it's sometimes it could be fun, but sometimes it can also be quite frustrating, you know. Um, so, you know, there's, and there's so many aspects to it that I even, I'm still learning, you know, and it's a constant, you know, you're constantly learning and that's also part of the, um, the joy of, of it, you know, because you're constantly growing. Absolutely. And you hit just two two nuggets right there. One, just that athletic comparison. I think a lot of people mention that too, man. Just the way, you know, things function with your passions, like the way it is kind of being an athlete and competing and being ultra focused on something. Absolutely, man. And uh, the next thing you mentioned too was, uh, you know, just just that, that sacrifice, man. Just when you have that passion for something, just understanding that it's not going to always be an easy road. And I think that yes. a lot of young people, sometimes they're like, Oh, I want to be an artist. It's going to be great. My world's going to be my, my, you know, work's going to be recognized and, you know, happily ever after. <laughs> no, well, that's not <laughs> there's, 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 there's some grit in between there, man. There's, yes, there's some, yes. um, there's some rough ends, you know, that this is true. That this is true. It's about part of life, man. That, that yep. You go through. Yep. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, man. You know, you, you literally have to, um, yeah, you have to prepare yourself for for the down times, because it's because you're not always on. You're not always going to be on. You know, there are times when you are going to be on. Mm. There are times when you are going to be like um, off. So yeah. absolutely, man. And you know, let's just say this this artist this artist that's inspired by Osiris went to the show. Now you know he she is getting ready for her first show. Like what, what advice would you give for that? Like, what is, what does even an art show look like? What should it look like? No, it, it's, you know, um, so when you're starting out, you know, like major things, like any major thing you, you get into, you, you often you start out, you know, um, really hustling. And by hustling, I mean, you know, you could, you could approach your local cafe and I did these things, you know. Um, to, mm. You know, you could approach any cafe, your local cafe um, shop, and tell and tell whoever's in charge that if they don't mind, if they would allow you to put your your work on your walls. This is how you go wow. about it. That's brilliant. And, yeah, and you know, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to accept, you know, um, new artists, you know, um, and you'd be amazed the contact you get from there. Mm-hmm. I, I actually remember meeting. Um, when I initially started out, I would go all over New York City, um, approaching these cafes and telling them, you know, asking if I could place my work in the walls. And I did this for years, you know. Um, so so you, there's a lot of dues you have to pay, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so so one, way, one, one way to really um, address that would be, like I said, a cafe, or you could organize a show if possible um, with your friend um, at a in your apartments. I mean, people do these things. You'll be surprised. Wow. I mean, you you don't necessarily have to start 
big. You know, you could start small. You can do your own you know, show at home and just invite. You your do friend. your own show at home. <laughs> I mean, these days with with COVID, you know, you know, people set up shows indoors and just sure. put it online. So there's so many ways to start. You know, um, and then hopefully, you know, people start to recognize you, and and you know, you're given breaks, and you know, and and before you know it, you'll become you become the famous artist you've always wanted to be, or the or the successful artist you've always wanted to be. That's awesome, man. That's great advice, man. That's great advice. And uh, I know you teach, uh, obviously, you teach college-level kids too, man. Um, what do you want them to get from, like, some of the classes that you're teaching? Um, to be honest, not, not um, you know, I, because I like the look of my students when they come in the very first day, because I had that same look when I first um went to the art studio or the art class, mm -hmm. right, in my community college. So it's the look of, oh my God, what's this about? What am I going to do here? Why am I here? I don't mm -hmm. even know how to paint. I've never held a paintbrush in my life. Uh, I don't even know how to, you know, mix colors. I'm not good with art. Art is not for me. So these are the things that usually people are thinking about, you know. And for me, I usually want my students to be able to leave that course you know, attempting or having a sense of confidence that they could put some kind of a, you know, um, brush to a paper or, or, you know, you know, put brush into a pigment and mm -hmm. put it down on canvas and make something that they could be proud of at the end of the semester. So the goal is not even, I'm not even saying here that I want them to be the best, you know, like, like Picasso on their first go, but just to give them the confidence to say, hey, the YouTube could also, you know, make marks, you know, YouTube could also paint something, right? You could also have the confidence to approach and look at art and say, hey, I think I have an idea of how this is made or so, you know? So that's, it's just literally an introduction to, um, to art and paintings in general. Mm. So that's why um, tend to strive for. So like, um, just going back to like your work, oh, on your uh, webpage, you know, I noticed that the first picture that pops up is a Nigerian boy. He's in a barbershop, sitting on a chair, looking back from that chair. And I was just curious, like, why, why did you pick that one specifically for your cover for the website? Well, the cover, to be honest, changed you know it, it varies every now and then you know you know I, I tend to change it maybe once a month you know so, oh wow. I didn't know that yeah yeah um, you know and or maybe just leave it for a few months it all depends but it's not it's it's never usually permanent mm. you know and for in that photograph I felt like maybe I needed um, I felt like I it's it's I needed to see it you know because mm -hmm. it, it's almost like a reminder of where I came from. You know, remember that saying, you never forget where you come from. Mm. <laughs> this, that's a major line, isn't it? It definitely we is. It's it, so true, yeah. man. It's yeah, so true. Yeah, we hear it in, in motion pictures, movies, and all these things. Um, but yeah, and um, you know, it's it's something I can relate to. I know that look in the, on that kid's face. Mm. You know, so yeah. That's interesting. And I know you had another kid too. I forgot from where it was, 
but it's like the camera is focusing on him. You can see kind of an adult with him in the background, but that's yeah. that's not the focus. He's like looking up, yeah, you know, at the sky almost. Yeah, to me, it's like at the future. Yeah, and he's like scared. Like he has this scared, nervous look in his face. Yeah, you know, a little black boy. So yeah. I was just like so fascinated with that picture, man. I'm like, I, I got to save this picture. Cause yes, 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 yes. It's um, just so telling, man. Like, it's just so interesting. Black boys just looking up at the future, nervous. Nervous, scared. yeah. I think, I think you know, um, it's this saying about being an artist and how whatever it is you make, it's a reflection of you. You know, mm-hmm. so I often feel like when I make photographs of people, if it's a homeless guy on the streets, somehow I feel like, I could see myself in that person, mm. right? If it's a homeless, I could see myself, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's empathy, what you want to call it. But when I make photograph of people, it's almost a reflection of me, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the photograph of that kid you were talking about, they actually got big eyes, you know, very bright eyes, you know, almost um, innocently looking up into the future with a sense mm. of... Um, with with a bit of what's the word I'm trying to think um, uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. About the future. I mean, that's something I felt when I came into America. And while I never spoke to the kid, while I never got the kid's name, while there was no conversation at all between the two of us, wow. but you know, um, there was a sense of like I couldn't just help imagine it being a could probably be an immigrant kid you know or just a kid who's new or somehow experiencing um life in the bronx or you know life in america or just coming to that realization that you know of their environment and um and just having this curiosity you know um to them so it's again it's this way of um view on one's world that I tend to see in this subject. You know, it's it's my way of seeing the world or it's a feeling that I've often had in the past that somehow the subject tends to um, exhibit, you know, so. It's funny, man. I think almost every single black male can kind of connect with that, man. Just looking at the future and just, you know, not having an idea sometimes of what that might be like or being afraid or confused about it especially yes. you know today you know exactly yeah i mean it's not just for, yeah it's surprising i mean it's 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 wonderful at all to see it on a kid but surprisingly you also find that same look on adults mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um you know it's like you're still constantly trying to you know figure things out and wonder if you know if, if society is designed for us or something like this mm. so but that is powerful right there. Yeah. That's powerful. So another another um you know piece pieces I would I should say that you have. I don't even think you released these yet, man. But being that, you know, we are in election year, I remember two two thousand sixteen, um, right after the election, man, after all the emotion and people were just feeling different. Like you went out and you shot in in, in, in the city. You know, what was that day like, man? Like, what what did you see? Like, what did you envision that day? Like, what was going on? Yeah, that, I mean, 
the girls that I felt betrayed, <laughs> you know, to be honest, um, that was that I felt, I think I kind of felt betrayed by America mm. um, in the sense that, you know, um, I think deep down, I think we kind of knew there was a chance to Trump that the current president would become president, you know, even in New York City. I was out all night um, on election night making photographs and in, on, the at, you know, on the atmosphere. You could feel it, you know, mm. there's a sense, you could, there's a sense of that, you know, we kind of knew it was coming, you know, um, there was a, a lot of his, his supporters in New York City, even if New York didn't go to him, you know, uh, when, when the resorts were called in. But you just, you just, you saw, you know, you just saw the, the, the change, the change in, in tides, you know, when it comes to the, to the race. Um, and, uh, and I was able to photograph that and actually record that moment, you know, and you could see people crying over, wow. over the thought of having a, you know, a Trump presidency. And you could see people just worrying and you could see these look in their face almost, you could almost, I mean, in my, to me at the moment, it just feels like they could see now, you know, mm. 2016 felt like they could see That's what so we're true. going through now, Yeah. you know, and, and yeah, it was quite profound to be honest, um, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's part of the reason why I felt like, um, I've just kind of, you know, felt a bit reserved when it comes to politics these days. Um, mm. You know, I've I've always covered it, and I just I've I'm still covering it, and that's what I'm doing. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. and, and that's what that work kind of like portrayed a bit. Yeah, I mean, even on your website too, man. You see, you know, all these protests, and you know, saw Spider Man with a with a fist up in the. Air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I don't know how you got that one. But <laughs> it, actually, <laughs> did, did you know that Superman was next to him? Superman was behind, yeah. <laughs> you saw, you saw, did you see that? Yeah, I, t- I mean, even that, I was that, baffled at that one. <laughs> that, uh, that one right there is a, uh, it's an interesting one too because, um, it's it, on the side there, a guy is also holding, you know, a quote by James Baldwin. Yes, and, which I, I, I just, it was so interesting. You got su- Superman, Spider Man. And then a guy holding a quote by James Baldwin, like, and James Baldwin, and 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 the reporter like taking notes, trying to take notes of of it all. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is wow. I don't know how. Yeah, you it was. A, that, man. Yeah, it was quite. It's quite bizarre. That, that was in Times Square actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the um, the this was after the murder of um, Eric Garner. Yeah, I know you had a lot of. Um, a lot of work with that. And I'm trying to remember the quote. Um, I think uh, it was talking about, oh, man, I got to find the quote now. <laughs> of, of, um, the James Baldwin quote that, you, that the guy oh, was holding up. Okay. I, I think I could tell you. Um, it's, let's see here. Um, I think he was, Say something about happen right here. Um, I think I think we said something about the law. Um, 
Oh, I think I, I think um, I see it. The law is meant to be my servant. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. The was, law yeah, is meant to be my servant and not, not my, my master. master. Yeah. Still yeah. less my torturer mm-hmm. and my murderer. Yeah, that is especially in the in in the in the uh, protest, man. That is a powerful statement right there. Yeah. Especially how people were feeling and what happened, and you know, you could probably put that in all of the the you know protests that have been happening these past few years, man. Exactly. I think that that's a powerful quote. Exactly. But yeah, man. Overall, just just a really interesting picture right there, man. <laughs> I don't know how you were able to capture that moment, but it, it's an interesting moment. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely one of those moments, isn't it? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, so segueing, man. Let's let's segue into a little game, man. Okay. This game is called This or That, right? So I'm going to give you two different options. <laughs> okay. And you're going to tell me which one, obviously, you prefer. Uh-huh. You can go into detail if you want, but you don't have to. Okay. All right. So painting or photography? Jeez, that one is <laughs> tough, man. You know, I, I, do, I do them both, you know. Um, so is there any way I could say... Uh, <laughs> I can't choose can't choose to be honest because i do them both um i love painting i also love photography um you know i, I used to think you know i used to think one you know and i hear people tell me this all the time you should, you, you should definitely give you know, give up one and so you could pursue the other and which mm. i think is um yeah which which i cannot seem to do so you know i really i really enjoy doing both to be honest I think it's um, so interesting too with with those two things because your painting is abstract and then photography is like real live people so it's like it kind of it kind of matches a bit you know like you're getting two different sides. Well, yeah, yeah, but when you say abstract, actually, the, the paintings are uh, sometimes you're figurative, sometimes you're figurative, um, and sometimes it can be abstract. But I, you know, in the past, I've I noticed people try to connect them together, but I've often viewed them separately. Um, you know, um, you know, like the paintings are. Uh, I feel like they're quite. They could be quite eternal. Um, you know, dealing with, you know, my thoughts and the photographs could be, you know, things I see on the streets and, you know, while they could have a deeper meaning to them, but you know, they're usually just. Um, photograph of the street and um, mm-hmm. what's what seems to be going on around me so that's looking at that yeah all right next one um fella cootie or burner boy definitely for a cootie man 100 percent about old school new school yeah definitely <laughs> um fella cootie okay okay uh t-shirt or dress shirt uh no knee um i i used to always like to dress up so i guess i think i still do but as i'm getting older i'm starting to relax the way i appear so uh i think for the sake of today's conversation i think i'll go dress shirt (laughs) okay uh jollof rice or fufu uh jollof rice because i don't think you could just eat fufu just like just as it is you need fufu with something else so that's true that's true but I guess as as a starch, because fufu is a starch, right? Exactly. Yeah. So jello fries for sure. 
Yeah, I guess jollof rice is is a mix. You know, it's mixed exactly. with exactly. You can eat. Yeah, you can eat. You can kind of eat jollof rice by itself. Exactly. Yeah. But the fufu okay. you can't eat by itself. You can't eat fufu by itself though. <laughs> All right. Uh, backpack or briefcase? Jeez, uh, I can't believe I have to think about this one. <laughs> um, I think I'm not messing with backpacks, so I, I think I'll go with briefcase. Okay. All right. All right, that's interesting. Um, so we were just talking about superheroes, actually, you know, Spider-Man and Superman and all that. So who would you say is your favorite superhero, like, and why? Um, I, I, sorry, I, 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 do I have options to this? Is, I, is this, uh, are you talking about my, who's my superhero in general and why? Oh, you mean like a real live superhero or? No, no. I, I mean, I, I, I told, is this in regards to Spider-Man and Superman? Yeah, usually that's, just... how, that's how people respond to it, like a, a superhero character. But what, what did you have in mind? Well, what, there's also the X-Men characters. There's, um, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. It could be any type of superhero. Any type of superhero. Oh, okay, any type. Okay. Um, it's, it's funny because when, when I was... A whole lot younger. I used to like Gambit, and yeah. I don't know why he's never really. I just like the coolness of the cards, and um, but think think Superman is at all time. I mean, I feel like Superman is yeah is is the all time superhero to be, isn't he? Despite the fact that you know um, He's, I mean, the fact that he's an alien, if anything at all, is something I can relate to. So. <laughs> so that is interesting. Like, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so, yeah. That's interesting. Superman the alien. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I can see that. Superman just has all all these different powers, man. You know, How about this? Is a, all like these different powers, and he's not, he's not, it's not even American, so. Exactly. <laughs> but he tries to he tries to assimilate, you know, with the Clark Kent character. Exactly, <laughs> you know, um, you know, if anything at all, you know, they would, they would ask for his papers and stuff. He's not he's not uh, he's not born in America, so yeah, that's interesting, man. Yeah. All right, um, I feel like we could talk forever, man. <laughs> it's crazy. Hell yeah. <laughs> so so uh, so oh, what what would you say is your like favorite quote, man? And and what is what does it mean to you? Like also too, man. I always hear, you know, a lot of African phrases and things like that. Like, is there anything that that comes to mind with that? Uh, favorite quotes. Um, I think it used to be a Marcel Duchamp quote that's that that goes along this line. I'm gonna paraphrase it. Um, I, I have forced myself to contradict myself in order to avoid conforming to my own thoughts, my mm. own ideas. Yeah. I think, I think that's something I've often, you know, kind of lived by, you know, it's like I forced myself to, contrad- to contradict myself mm. in order to avoid conforming to my own ideas, you know, in order to conform in order to avoid conforming to my, my own, you know, way of thinking. It's like, it's always constantly challenge myself um, not to 
get too comfortable in my own thoughts, you know. Because I think, like, because I think that's what we suffering from a bit now. Everyone feels like they're right. Mm. Um, you know, everyone thinks everyone else is wrong. No one wants literally, you know, seek anyone else's advice or opinion. You know, everyone just seems to often think they're right, you know, and it's gotten us to where we are just now, you know, um, not being um, considerate um, and also not being reflective, you know. So I find that I'm constantly trying to put myself or in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that would be my quote. <clears throat> You know that that quote is definitely one to 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 think about like deeply, for sure. So, oh man, um, that was a pleasure having you on the program, man. This, this was amazing. Yeah, yeah this like, was... we can talk for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yes, but, indeed, indeed. Which is why um, we gotta quite... have you back, of course. <laughs> oh yes, definitely. Um, this is quite incredible because you brought back memories to me. Um, you know, we've we've known each other for a long time, so you mm-hmm. know, you're a great friend of mine. Um, so it's definitely a pleasure to always be able to support you and um, and talk about arts and life. Yeah, for sure, man. So where can, you know, young people inspiring to be artists, you know, find you, man? Like, where can they, where can they get in contact with you? Uh, well, I do have, a, I do have a site. It's osaraton.com. Um, and yeah, and um, they could, they could say hello there if possible. Um, and um, if they have any question, you know, if I could, I would definitely um, try to answer them so they could send questions. Um, I guess I have to be question with it. I have to be I have to be careful with this with this one because <laughs> you know before you know it, you start getting all this insane amount of. <laughs> you have like a million um, questions. <laughs> a million questions <laughs> being sent your way. Um, so, but yes, yeah, seriously, if I'm able to, you know, if you have any questions, if there's any way I could guide. I think um, being a mentor and being able to guide people is very important. It's something I wish I had a lot mm-hmm. of. Um, mm-hmm. So, but if I'm able to help, I try to. So, yeah. So, if you have any question, feel free to reach out. For sure, man. And again, man, thank you so much, man, for just coming on and supporting, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, guys, that is our program. Thank you for listening. I hope you know you young up-and-coming artists got something from this and even people that are not artists you know i think osarin has just a lot to share about life in general and everything so great program thank you for listening and remember your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe therefore if you can think it you can do it if you believe in it you can be it and if you fight for it you can have it the world is yours this has been your host Mr. G, and I will see you next time on Mastermind.